Hello, everyone. I'm Al Grego, and this is the season finale of the Yes, We Are Open podcast. Today, I'm in Perry Sound, Ontario, located on the eastern shore of the Sound, after which it was named, connected to Georgian Bay. Perry Sound is 160 kilometers south of Sudbury and 225 kilometers north of Toronto. With a population of just under 7,000, Perry Sound is a great destination for outdoor enthusiasts with plenty of activities for all seasons. There are several provincial parks and numerous conservation reserves, including the Georgian Bay Biosphere, one of only 13 UNESCO sites in Canada. The area in which Perry Sound is located is also known as the 30,000 Islands and is considered the world's largest freshwater archipelago covering 346,000 hectares of shoreline ecosystem and over 100 species of at-risk animals and plants. Perry Sound's main industry is tourism, thanks to the aforementioned activities and its central vicinity to Ontario's cottage country. Cottages are drawn to its downtown by a variety of boutique and artisan shops. I'm headed a little north of the downtown core to visit the subject of today's story, Perry Sound Friendship Centre. I'm outside what looks like a 1960s era school building. As I enter, I see pieces of indigenous art including a three-foot-tall wood-carved totem statue and a display of various indigenous artisan objects such as wooden bowls, a basket, and an indigenous medicine wheel. Hi, how are you? That's Dolores, the executive director of the Friendship Center. Dolores takes me on a tour of the facility. The old classrooms have been converted into offices, a computer lab, a common area with a kitchen, and what looks like a daycare. The old school gym still looks like it's being used as a gym, but on one end are shelves of supplies, exercise equipment, and folded tables, likely used for gatherings. Our tour ends in the computer lab. That's where Dolores and I set up for our interview. Translated is, uh, my name is Little Pine. I'm uh, from the Bear Clan, and I presently reside here in Perry Sound, and I've been here since January of 2016. I'm the executive director here. I originally come from a small First Nation in Northern Ontario, which is Metogamy, and it's just south of, about an hour south of Timmins. The Friendship Centre started by a group of 15 individuals. What year was that? On February 2nd of 1967 was when the centre was incorporated. So that was like 55 years ago today. We have two living members and they're, they're still today on our board. And that's Joyce Tabobadon, who is our president, mm-hmm. and Dora Tabobadon, who is our secretary. My name is Joyce Tababarang, and I'm from uh, Wasaxing First Nation. And I'm uh, presently I'm the uh, president of the Perry Sound Friendship Center. Discussions started back in the '60s, and it was uh, along the 69 corridor. There's uh, six First Nations, 
And it was the chiefs of those First Nations that would talk about a place. We needed a place in Perry Sound. Back in the day, Perry Sound was kind of the hub. And there was buses and trains that people would, uh, they'd come into town and shop on, on Saturdays or whenever. And then they'd wait for the bus or train to go back to their First Nations. Well, sometimes that wait was three or four hours or sometimes it was into the night. And so that's one of the first needs that the chiefs saw. And there was no place to visit or if you were in town, there's high school students, they had no after school hours location for events. So they uh, they spoke with government, it was uh, the province, the secretary of state at the time. They had negotiations and we, we didn't incorporate. We had our first board in uh, 66, 65, 66. Yeah. We incorporated in 67. We were renting for a while. We rented in Perry Sound for about maybe 20 years. Once the Friendship Center started and it was open, all the uh, First Nation people would come there and it was well used. And uh, high school students would take their friends there or if you wanted to meet someone or have a meeting, we always went to the Friendship Center. People from the surrounding six First Nations, which are Wasoxing, uh, Shawnega, Magnetowan, Henvy Inlet, which is also known as Pickerel, mm-hmm. and um, Moose Deer Point, and Wata, which was originally back then it was called Gibson. There's 29 friendship centers in Ontario. Okay. And Perry Sound Friendship Center is one of the first six to open in Ontario. These founding friendship centers that they called the original six, we have one in Perry Sound, Kenora, Thunder Bay, Toronto, London, and Red Lake. What is the mission of the Perry Sound Friendship Center? To provide an engaging environment for the meeting of all peoples and for the development of mutual understanding through cultural and holistic programs to empower and promote self-expression and to develop leadership to improve the quality of life through truth and reconciliation for the Indigenous people and surrounding communities. And then um, after about 20 years, we had an opportunity to purchase the place we are now on Bow Street. Mm -hmm. And we were there for a number of years again. It needed a new roof. When the um, engineer checked it out, it was deemed unsafe. So as a result, you know, we we moved and we're renting a place now. And we're um, planning on moving, I hope, hopefully in the next two, three years anyway. Right at this time, we do have several programs. We have a children's program that's infant to six years old. And we also have another program, Aquego, that she uh, works with children 7 to 12. And we have a youth life promotion. She works with the youth. And we also have a um, urban Aboriginal healthy living program. And she also works with infants to elders, more physical and uh, healthy eating. And we also have the um, cultural uh, program. You know, she's out there providing teachings, bringing in elders, doing ceremonies. And then we also have our healing and wellness. And that particular program also um, works with those vulnerable people. If an individual is going to prepare to go to a healing center, she'll work out everything for that person. For about 20 years, we did that good programming. Well, the two programs that we still have today was the court worker program. And then we had uh, Little Beaver's program for young, for the young. And that it was so great because 
some of the kids went out to see Chief Dan George. They, they did things, meaningful things. The workers helped them get their uh, social insurance number, their birth certificate, you know, things like that they would need, and took them on outings and uh, practiced some of the uh, our culture, a bit of the culture that we did back then. In the summer of 2018, I have a health outreach worker. So I sat down with him. I said, you know what, this year, let's try something different this summer. I said, let's get you out on the street get you out there once a week. So he said, sure. He started making sandwiches and mm. drinks and he'd go out there. And it was like when he started out, there's only maybe about four or five people would come. Mm. So he's doing this every week and every week. And then first thing we've seen the numbers getting bigger and bigger and yeah. bigger. So, and then just so happened again, we were able to receive some funding again from Ontario Federation. Mm. Uh, funding that could stretch us for two years. Yeah. So we said, okay, let's do this. So then just so happened, there was a place downtown where the old subway was, Mm -hmm. was up for lease. And the worker that was out on the street came and saw me and said, Dolores, there's a place in town at the old subway. It's for lease. I think that would be an ideal spot. So I said, get the number for me. So we got the number. It was a real estate company that was handling Mm -hmm. for the landlord. So I called her and then she connected me to the landlord. And from there, we went to view the place. We saw this is the ideal. So we did ended up signing a lease with them. That location, uh, we named it and it's called Bindigan, which in the Ojibwe language, it means come in or welcome. Out of that location, actually, uh, we then started providing um, hot meal, hot you know, like chili and and soup and yeah. sandwiches and that. So that originally started in November of 2019. Since November to yesterday, they we've served 2,500 people in those um, since, five uh, months. Since this past, in, in five months. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. So it's been a real, now we've seen it's been a real need. We've also been helping, working with them and helping them as well. Some of them don't have any identifications. Right. So we've supported them in helping them walk through that those steps of getting their identifications again. Yeah. Yeah. And we've provided also um, winter coats and boots because some of them have come in with no, like just wearing summer clothes and yeah. that and running shoes. So those are the services we provide. my interview with Dolores, I went downtown to check out the Bindigan Warming Center for myself. There, I met Lisa. Uh, for the Friendship Center, four months uh, since November. I started, I'm a registered nurse, almost 30 years. Needed a change. <laughs> Needed a change of pace. Needed a change. And um, so I was looking at what I could do, and I was working at the Wasoxing Nursing Station for a bit as their case manager and realized it didn't work out there. But this is still the path and I'm meant to be on, I felt. So I approached Dolores. I handed in my resume um, and before I was a nurse, I took food and beverage management, worked in the food industry for years downtown, Toronto, Yorkville, King Street. So once I told her that, she was like, can you start today and uh, cook for the elders with Cynthia? And so that was my first gig. And then I cooked for the daycare center and I got to be with the children. Are you from the area? I am from the area originally. Had moved away. I've lived in Europe, lived in the States, 
a couple of times and then moved back. I'm a Georgia Bay gal. Would you say this as rewarding? Or- it's more rewarding because I see the effectiveness. I see it right in front of me. And the intent, again, not to save the world, but to offer a safe, supportive environment so that people can have a chance to consider making a switch, shifting, doing things another way. And we're seeing that that's a possibility. The young ones, you know, and older ones, people are quitting smoking, people are quitting drugs. They're at least trying. They're coming to us excited. And so we're excited for them. But always say we're here. We're here for you. Both Dolores and Lisa advised me that if I had a chance, I should really speak with Thomas, a staple at Bindigan with lots of great stories to tell. Lucky for me, Thomas just so happened to be there during my visit. And boy, were they right. Thomas Fraser. How long have you been coming to Ever since it opened. Yeah. I've been here right from day one uh, when they had their grand opening. It was great. It went well, uh, this is a place that is needed here in Perry Sound. Has been for years. You know, like we also need affordable housing. We need a men's shelter, right? You know, so this is a step in the right direction. It's getting to the point where they're actually starting here in Perry Sound to do things that needs to be done, which taken too many years to do. If it wasn't for the warming center, though, there'd be a lot of people that wouldn't be able to eat and would be going without. So, you know, this is a, a great place. How often do you come in here? Every day. I'm in here every day. I, I come in and support them as much as I can. They need somebody to be supportive. You know, I'm here, right? It's a huge importance. Uh, we were closed a week and we felt and saw the response of, oh my gosh, we're so happy you're open again. And just offering, like today, you know, making the fresh pasta, letting them come in. They all know each other, so conversation. I have music going on. We have um, indigenous drumming. Sometimes we have educational things on YouTube that we want to eventually introduce. It's just right now, people do want to talk. We've been isolated for so long, people need to speak and just talk to each other, yeah, and connect. What would, what would you say the split is between Aboriginal I would say almost 50-50. 50-50? Almost, yeah, or 60-40. And that's the point, and people ask me, because I'm not Indigenous, and they say, are you Indigenous? I go, no, that's the point. Yeah. It's for everyone to be welcome. And so I know seniors, I know professionals, and I'm like, please come in. That's why we need to normalize all of this and give a place that's comfortable for everyone to come in, have a bite to eat, have a coffee. If you have money, then we welcome donations. And if you don't, then that's fine. And we have other things that we offer as well. Um, You know, we have personal products for male and female, you know, deodorant and uh, shampoo and lotions and razors and hats and mitts, socks, underwear, and always keep something extra in the back because we always have, almost on a weekly basis, someone come and say, I have nothing. It has to do with healing, you know, and it's Mm -hmm. a lot of healing. And it's unfortunate, you know, with those, uh, now we're up to over 4,000 of those uh, graves have been yeah. located, you know, and uh, so it's, it was kind of a real hard and emotional time, you know, it, even myself, like my mother was uh, residential school and so was my uh, two sisters that were older than me mm-hmm. and I just missed it by two years, but I did end up going to day school yeah. in my community as well. So I'm kind of fortunate that I 
didn't get caught in that. Yeah. I look at, you know, some of the individuals that they, we look at them and I always tell the workers, my employees here, don't judge by the shell. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to look deeper within those individuals because there's been a trauma that's happened there, you know, in their in their life with when they're little. And some of them may not remember it, but their blood memory yeah. is still there. So I think this connection now... Things are more open now. We're able to, we're more open and free to do our ceremonies, which is more healing and stuff like that too. Yeah. Up next, it's clear there's a need in Perry Sound for the services being offered by the Friendship Center. It's hard to imagine where that community would be without them. Yet, there was a time where their existence was very much in doubt. And this time, it has nothing to do with a pandemic. You're listening to Yes, We Are Open. Since 1966, the Perry Sound Friendship Center has been supporting the area's Indigenous community, providing them a place to congregate, commune, and learn. In recent years, as times have grown tougher, the need for their help and support has grown steadily. Along with their usual programs, they've now branched out to help feed, clothe, and shelter the vulnerable. It's scary to think what might happen to that community if the Friendship Center had just ceased to exist. Yet, that very nearly did happen. Now, if I were to ask you of a time or an event or something that uh, was a, a big struggle for the Friendship Center, that maybe threatened to close your doors, mm-hmm. what would that be? I know when I came here in 2016, the Fe- Ontario Federation was in the process of closing the centre. I was became involved again about uh, six years ago now. I worked away from uh, the First Nation for a while. I didn't lose touch with the Friendship Center. I just didn't, because I was working out of town. And uh, I was told that the Friendship Center was going to be closed down. And would I come and try and help? Because they knew I'd been there before, and I had some background. And uh, I said yes. So I uh, became the president. And then I had meetings with the OFIFC. And this was in September. And they gave us uh, six months, I think. six Maybe six months they gave us to adhere to all the, some of the regulations that weren't being adhered to. And reporting, and so um, they would come and uh, visit us once a month and see if we were living up to our our agreement. And and we did. I mean, there were some tough decisions, sure. sleepless nights, you know. Sometimes they're just, uh, trying to um, move those decisions forward, mm-hmm. but um, we managed to uh, complete everything and. We weren't closed down. Yeah, well, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, and it was a lot of hard work. We had a good board of directors who were committed, and uh, and then we found Dolores. When I arrived here in 2016, I didn't realize how bad it was. Mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't have accepted a position. Prior to coming to Paris Sound Friendship Center, I was working at a healing lodge. Mm-hmm. I was working in a 21-day sexual abuse program, which was quite heavy. So I yeah. was there for 
about three years and it was probably about all I could take. And then I said, I need to look for something else. Just so happened when this position came up, I applied. And I said, geez, everything, this would be my ideal position because I felt this is where I want to be. I want to be at the grassroots level and helping. So we moved forward and we survived it. You know, that was so close to closing down. Sounds like it. Um, how close did you get to the shutting? They said December would be shut down yeah, if we so didn't. We didn't see. We we would have been okay if all the reporting was done. Gotcha. So it was mostly just. It was reporting, and then operationally, operation, and some of the workers had been gone. Right. You know, and then there was no reports, and you know, it was putting things together, trying to put things together. And uh, there was a forensic audit that before I got there, and that was all settled. And I have to commend the board. You know, the board of directors changed, but we've had some good, consistent people there who believe in the Friendship Center, and there's a lot of enthusiasm what's coming, you know, with the new building coming, and everybody's just excited. Things really started to progress after we moved to this location here in 2018, because now we started to get, we were beginning to be set up with more modernized equipment. So things just escalated after that, you know, really quick. Our first experience with Moneris was when we used it at the child care center, where the parents were able to pay through that as well. Eh? So we saw that, hey, you know what, let's see if we could set this up for with our website. Right. The outcome of that was really positive. We held an art show downtown. We leased a, a spot downtown two summers ago, and we utilized the Moneris then. And we, because we uploaded a lot of our arts, right. which, you, which you can't see yet on our uh, webpage and through the Moneris it went really really well and even as of today we're still receiving donations through that Mm -hmm. uh, through that system as well so it's been that's been a real positive for us you know with that particular program coming up after the break we find out what the future holds for the Perry Sound Friendship Center. This podcast is brought to you by Moneris. Today has shown us tomorrow has changed. Changed how we'll live, work, and do business. Because now we're more open to what's possible. Open to contactless payments, online bookings, curbside pickups, and more. Open your business to more opportunity with solutions to help you succeed online, in-store, or on the go. To talk to one of our business advisors, call one 866 or visit Moneris.com today. Welcome back to Yes, We Are Open. After nearly being shut down by their federation, Joyce and Dolores have a new lease on the life of the Perry Sound Friendship Center. They were able to build back stronger, and just in time too, as the need for their help was only growing in Perry Sound. So how does the future look for the Friendship Center? Let's find out. What does the future look like for the Perry Sound Friendship Center? Well, it's an exciting time right now for the Perry Sound Friendship Center. Like I said, we received funding from the Federation's capital funding. Mm -hmm. So we're able to um, now today, um, there's an equipment sitting at that other site at 13 Bow Street. We're just waiting for the locates. And then uh, construction will begin to uh, start preparing the ground to where the building's going to go and also prepare some of their road sites as well and parking and that too. So 
so that's that's exciting time for us. And also um, there's submission, I think around four or five proposals that have been submitted now. So we're anticipating and crossing our fingers that we're going to receive a submission. We sent out there about $23 million mm-hmm. to construct this uh, building at that new location. The building is going to house um, a location where we'll have some, like a museum, or we see it, or maybe as a uh, kiosk Mm -hmm. system in there. And there's also going to be an Indigenous craft store that's going to have authentic crafts, you know, that are made locally or by other individuals Mm -hmm. throughout Ontario and that. I see many programs, more programming there that we can, we'll have room for. We have uh, so many square feet for uh, leasing out to help us maintain the building. Like we're going to be rent, we'll have some rental areas and right now we're speaking with some people, a university with our Native Child Welfare we rent a place there for training. So we do have people that are interested in renting and then we'll have more programming. We, we can take more programming and everything will be in one place, like a daycare center, our warming center. And it, it's just so exciting. Like there's going to be so much going on and it. This building is going to be three stories and the top is going to, you know, we're going to be able to sit out there and there's going to be garden. And yeah. it just, it's just, just so exciting. It's just so exciting. Specifically for the Pindigan, mm-hmm. um, what, what does the future look like here? Do you continue this way? Or are there plans to grow? Mm. Or? No, there's plans to grow because there's plans for the new building. Um, but it will be all self-contained. Yeah. That's the thing. And we'll expand as well because the intention is to have laundry and showers right. and things like that as well. Yeah. That's exciting. That is very exciting for this town. That's very exciting. Yeah, it's very It's needed. You learn things over the years and you see things, but uh, there's been a lot of changes here in Perry Sound over the years that I've lived here. And some of them are for the good, some aren't, but this is one of the good ones. And I'm hoping that they have a great success with this idea. You guys must be so excited. Oh my gosh. I'm excited (laughs) for you. I haven't even seen this yet. Yes. It's amazing. Yeah. It's going to be a unique building, you know, and... I think it's going to be beautiful. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you so much, Doris, for your time today. Okay. Miigwech. Dolores, is a Perry Sound Friendship Center open? Yes, we are open. Definitely. You know, and we are welcoming everybody here. Like, we want to see you, you know, no matter what denomination, nationality they are, you know, you're welcome here. We love to have you here. Come and learn with us. That's the story of the Perry Sound Friendship Center. When I first contacted Dolores about telling her story, I had no idea what to expect. I knew it would be different. After all, this isn't a typical business. Their main goal isn't to make money or create a quality product or top-tier service. Any money they do make is quickly poured back into achieving their main goal. And that goal is to simply help. Help whomever they can, indigenous or otherwise. The only criteria is need. I've been so spoiled these past two seasons to be able to travel the country and spend time with small business owners so I can tell their stories. 
Each visit has had its own highlights, each one motivational in some way. But I spent perhaps my most inspiring day of these last two seasons in Perry Sound with Dolores, Joyce, Lisa, and Thomas. As the saying goes, it feels good to do good. And they are doing good work. They've earned the excitement they're currently feeling about their future home. I hope it's everything they're hoping for. And I'm looking forward to taking my family to visit the Perry Sound Friendship Center's new home when it's finished. Yes, We Are Open is a Moneris podcast production. I'd like to thank Lisa, Thomas, Dolores, and Joyce for taking the time to share their story. You can learn more about the Perry Sound Friendship Center at psfc.ca. Follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. For more information about this podcast, visit our site, yesweareopen.com. If you'd like to support us, rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're a Canadian small business owner or know of one with an interesting story of perseverance to tell, I'd love to help tell it. You can contact me at podcast at And that puts a wrap on season two. I hope you enjoyed it. I'd like to thank everyone on the Moneris Marcom team for their help and support in putting this season together. It truly takes a village and there are too many to name. So please check the show notes for their names. I'd also like to thank the amazing merchants who welcomed me to their place of business and allowed me to tell their stories. Climbase 5, Bite House, Jess's Restaurant and Bar, Superkick Karate, Meraki Beauty Bar, Power Yoga Canada, Studio Brewing, and Perry Sound Friendship Center. Please support them by supporting their business. Production on Season 3 will begin this summer, so expect a whole new season of small Canadian businesses and their stories by October of 2022. Keep an eye on this feed. I'll post updates as Season 3 approaches. And finally, I'd like to thank you, the listener, for listening, subscribing, and spreading the word. Without you, this wouldn't be possible. So on behalf of all of us at Moneris, sincerely, thank you for listening to the Yes We Are Open podcast. I'm Al Grego. See you in Season 3.